Well, amen. That was fun, huh? We would do okay, as Arthur has said, just to spend our time together this morning worshiping the Lord through song. But there is so much more that we want to share with our church family this morning. I want to remind you that in Acts chapter 2, it says that after so many had come to trust in Jesus as their Savior and they were indwelled by the Holy Spirit, but beyond that, controlled by the Holy Spirit, that they devoted themselves to the fellowship, that is to say, to the assembly, to the congregation, to the gathering, to the church, to the ecclesia. The verses that follow, that 42nd verse, give us a little bit of a description of what that looks like. It talks about them being together constantly. It talks about them being of one heart and of one mind. It talks about them constantly sharing meals together. We're going to share a meal together as a church family when we dismiss in about two hours. (laughs) Thank you for that. No, when we dismiss in a few minutes... And maybe you're here this morning and you hadn't planned to join us for lunch. I hope you've changed your mind since you've been here. We want you to stay and and eat with us. It won't be the same without you here. Another thing that it tells us there in Acts chapter 2 is that they cared and loved about, they cared and loved each other so much that if there was one among them who had a need, they would do whatever they had to do to meet that need, even to the point of going and selling their possessions. That's how much they loved one another. That's devoted to the fellowship. I guess it's one thing if you have $2 and someone has none that you would give them a dollar. I've even heard testimony in our church of some who have given a car to a family who needed a car. But I want you to hear a testimony this morning of someone who said to a sister in Christ, you need a kidney? You can have one of mine. Well, you understand, don't you, that it, it may not work, it may not take, I know that. You can have one of mine. You understand, don't you, that you could die offering your kidney to someone else. I know that. You can have one of mine. I want to ask Terry Buck and Nancy Rodriguez if they would come to the platform. I want them to share their testimony. I want to introduce them first. This is Nancy Rodriguez. Her husband, Bob, is here this morning and her daughter, Carol, and her husband, Jeff, they're here this morning. Nancy's been a part of this church since before I was here. She's been involved in our youth ministry for longer than I even know, over a decade. And she has had a profound impact on the young people in our church, some who are now married, have their own kids, um, like your daughter. Yep. Um, I didn't have anything to do. she um here you go she uh headed up our prayer team she's just an integral part of this church and this is terry buck and terry's here her husband john serves as one of our deacons a faithful faithful servant and a godly man and a wonderful teacher of god's word and and john and terry's uh, son scott is here drove up from winter haven his wife and family i think john's sister's here 
as well. And they just, again, are an integral, integral part of our church family. I remember having lunch, me and my son, in uh, John and Terry's home and their fellowship and their love and their care. And John actually made, with his own hands, my son's first rod and reel and, uh, and, and taught him how to fish. That's the kind of people they are. Y'all share your testimony with our church family, devoted to the fellowship. Continue. Okay. <laughs> One. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. This is really a time for us to continue worshiping because the music was just so perfect this morning for our hearts, and I know it was for your hearts too, because uh, we have a song to sing that the Lord has given us. And so um, we want more than anything to share it with you all. So. And Jamie is here too, Terry's yeah. other daughter, her, her daughter. So I didn't mm -hmm. want to leave her out. Um, we're just really thankful to be able to share the story. Um, above all else, we want all the glory to go to our Savior mm -hmm. because He's amazing. How he orchestrated this and brought us together is totally crazy. And I thought maybe Terry can you can just share about like what brought you to the point of needing okay. the kidney and all that. Alrighty. About 32 years ago, I was diagnosed with PKD, which is polycystic kidney disease. It's a hereditary disease that um, kidneys develop cysts in them, and they grow and they will grow and grow until they eventually, um, and some people kind of squeeze the good kidney tissue out. And over the years, that is what had happened to me. So in 2011, um, I developed, my kidneys had become so bad that they put me on the transplant list. And the church, or the school that I was teaching at, the First Academy, the staff prayed over me, and uh, one of our teachers suggested that I uh, see a nutritionist that she saw. I really believe that God had brought me to this lady. And she put me on a very strict, kind of the Daniel diet, where fruit and vegetables, and that was pretty much it. And my kidney function went from below 20% up to 33. So I was able to get off the kidney transplant list. And so during that time, uh, we were coming to the church to be able to be a part of a spaghetti dinner and fundraising cake auction for the Haiti trip that was coming up. We were so excited about being just a part of that financially. So when we got there, uh, Brock Young mentioned that we were, there were, they were one short because somebody had to drop out. And I looked at John, and he looked at me, and he knew what I wanted to do. <laughs> and he said, go for it. So I told Brock, I said, I want to go, I want to go. So he said, you're in. And uh, that was the beginning of, of, our, of the journey that we knew about. Of course, we know that God planned this journey well before time. Yeah, before mm -hmm. we were born. Mm -hmm. um, so the trip was to Haiti, and we were very excited about that. And we met in the parking lot. And in that parking lot, before we even got onto the bus, we like bonded as fast friends and sisters. I mean, we didn't even get on the bus yet. So then once we got on the bus, we each knew pretty much our whole story, but I didn't know about the kidney issues that Terry had. It wasn't until we were 
in Haiti, and I noticed that her diet was different because I was a nurse for a couple of years, and so I noticed these weird things. <laughs> and so I just asked her about it, and she said, you know, she told me her story about needing the kidney eventually, but that she was doing really well at that point. So um, I, I was thinking, you know, why don't I give her the kidney? I mean, that, like, the immediately immediate thought I had was, I should give her my kidney. But people who know me know that I am super impulsive. So I decided, okay, Lord, let me pray about this. So I did pray about it, but in each prayer, I just sensed that, why are you even praying about this? You know that this is what to do. So by about the second or third day, I just said, you know, if you ever need a kidney, please consider me as a donor. So she said, okay. That's great. And I thought, well, isn't that really nice of her? But it went completely out of my brain. <laughs> and I told her I was serious. I said, I'm not just saying this. This is just isn't an empty, yeah. like, offer. Right. So, But I, I didn't know in my heart that that was what God was planning at that time. Nancy did know. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, my kidney function continued to be okay. And so it was fine for about two years. And then through uh, a medical or a dental procedure with... Uh, a great amount of antibiotics, uh, they completely messed my kidneys up and I began the downward spiral of um, kidney failure. And so it was probably about 2014, I guess, mm -hmm. that um, I was put back on the transplant list and I was at 18% functioning. And uh, my family, our church family, our life group came together. They wanted, many of them wanted to give. Um, our, my family wanted to give. So. Everybody that's here in my family, my sister-in-law Kathy, my son Scott, even my daughter-in-law Patty, who was nowhere near my blood type, but she was willing to do what's called paired donor, which means that she would give to another donor somewhere else in the United States, and their donor would give to me. And I thought, all these people just willing to sacrifice for me, but I still wasn't thinking of Nancy. <laughs> so Scott was able to go through the testing, and um, unfortunately, he found out that he was um, not going to be able to give because he had the same disease that I did. And as a mom, that was heartbreaking for me to, to know that. But then my, um, let's see, I guess my next one was a friend of mine from Bible Study Fellowship, and she wanted to give, so she was tested, and she was not able to give because of her high blood pressure. So I still wasn't <laughs> thinking of Nancy. And... Then, this is so funny, because we ran into each other in the parking lot at Target. I was going in, she was coming out with her adorable grandson, Colby, and we were chatting a little bit, and we were parked in the same side parking lot, so I thought that was pretty funny. And so we're chatting, and so I just asked her how the whole kidney thing was going. And I explained to her that I was back on the kidney transplant list and that Scott was unable to give and my friend Susan was unable to give. So I was continuing to pray about who God would bring as, a, as another donor potential. Because... <laughs> <laughs> and I said, do you remember? I told you. <laughs> I told you a few years back when we were in Haiti that I would like to be considered. Did you really mean it, Nancy? <laughs> yes, I did. Sometimes so. it takes a lot for God to get my attention. <laughs> so, um, so then we got the testing kit, and we found out that I was not only a match, but we were a perfect match. Mm -hmm. I mean, like 
perfect. Mm -hmm. And we're not even related by blood, but now we are, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but and DNA and everything else. But um, yeah, uh, we were like a perfect match. So mm -hmm. things progressed. Um, we did all of our testing up at Mayo and they just seemed to be dragging their feet. I think we started testing, the original testing around June. Mm -hmm. Didn't we decide that was right. it? June and then they were just kind of dragging their feet. And then one day um, Terry said, you know, would you consider going to Florida Hospital? And I'm like, I work at ORMC, <laughs> UF Health Cancer Center. I don't really want to go there, but okay. It's like the Cubs and the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like the Cubs and the Cardinals. So, um, but we decided. Um, we just, you know, I, you know, God gave me She's a real piece. her pride. Yes, I did. <laughs> now it was really funny because that next week I found out a girlfriend of mine, her friend, had just donated a kidney at Florida Hospital. And she talked of her amazing experience. So I called Terry right away and I said, yeah, let's do Florida Hospital. So we did that and it was like lickety split. Mm -hmm. And they had us all ready. Um, we went through some more testing and then they took all my tests and said yay. And um, then the day came mm -hmm. and that was January 27th, and tomorrow will be our six-month kidniversary. Fifth month. Oh, fifth, fifth month. month. Fifth yeah. month, sorry. Fifth month. No, uh, sixth month, right? Yeah. January. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. fifth month. Okay, and she's last, better at math. She's a teacher. Last Monday was our fifth year anniversary for going to Haiti. Yes. So in so. one week, you know, we celebrated two anniversaries there. Yes, exactly. So, and the beautiful thing was when we got into the hospital, um, we went in that morning and Nancy and I were just so amazed by how calm we were. But then again, our church family was mm -hmm. praying for us. Our church families, families outside, church families all across the nation, all, all across the world. World, really, yeah. Really, we had thousands of people praying for us. And I remember when they asked me, well, we're gonna give you something to relax you before we take you in for surgery. And I'm going, why? Yeah. You know, <laughs> give it to somebody else that really needs it. You know? so, but we've come to the conclusion that the reason they do that is because so they can laugh about the funny things you say when you go into OR before That's you're asleep. So. Yeah, and then um, I do want you to tell them about the time that we got together and prayed like mm -hmm. a couple weeks before. Right. Oh, yes, that's yeah, yeah. right. In the middle of January, I felt this great need from the Lord to be able to, to have somebody's people praying for us. It wasn't out of fear, and I didn't know exactly what it was, but I just felt this huge desire, huge need. And so I called our life group together, and Nancy came over, and we sat around about two days before that. It was like the Lord told me, I want you to understand this is not about a kidney. This is about me, and this is about what I'm going to do through you and Nancy to bring glory to myself. And that, if nothing else, brought the calm over us that it really wasn't. And so as we prayed, that was what we, what mm -hmm. we shared that the Lord had given us. And it was funny because from the very beginning in Haiti, really, mm -hmm. I, it was not a thing for me to offer you my kidney because I was like, and, and I, I know this now, I don't know that I knew it at the time, but I was in the center of God's will. That is exactly where he wanted me at that moment. And so I, I received a little bit of pushback from friends, you know, what if, what mm -hmm. if. And every, every single doctor's appointment I went to before this, they would make sure that I knew, you know, you could die. And I'm like, 
I know, okay, that's fine, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, what if your kids need a kidney someday? What if this and what if that? You know what? We serve an amazing God mm -hmm. who would answer the, the need at that time. So I have no doubt that everything would be worked out in that right. sense. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so. so uh, even in the, the room waiting to be taken for surgery, um, <clears throat> Paul Finelli comes in. He prays over us. The chaplain prays over us. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because I told the surgeon when he came in, I said, you know, Dr. Bobby, I've got thousands of people across you, the world praying for you right now. And he kind of laughed. Then he looked at me, and I wasn't laughing. And he, he said, I can use all the prayer I can get. And I thought, wow, that's way cool, you know. Mm -hmm. And God just continued to work in that and through us. And uh, he gave us, uh, gave both of us mm -hmm. uh, nurses to shadow with us. Mm -hmm. So my nurse was able to actually go into the operating room, and she was able to give us all the details of when they brought Nancy's kidney over to my operating room, and she got to see that put in my body. And then when they released the clamps, she said it was just instantaneous that it went from a white piece of organ to pink and began functioning immediately. And the doctor said, what a beautiful kidney. Yes, I want to make sure she said that. It was a beautiful, beautiful kidney. So... <laughs> and I, I can tell you that it is still functioning, and it is a beautiful kidney. Yeah, we have named her Tansy, Terry mm -hmm. and Nancy. <laughs> For Terry and Nancy. So. And she calls her Turbo Tansy because she works like a charm, and I'm just <laughs> praising God for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have no idea, and I mean, the, the match that we are, she didn't have to go on steroids. Terry, um, her... Anti-rejection medication has consistently been able mm -hmm. to be tapered down. I mean, it is amazing. And that just, I mean, proves mm -hmm. to me, anyway, that before time, God had this whole... He orchestrated that one spot on the Haiti trip mm -hmm. to be vacant so she could step in. Mm -hmm. She orchestrated our meeting in that parking lot. Mm -hmm. He orchestrated... Um, just the perfect match and, mm -hmm. and are running into each other in Target parking mm -hmm. lot. I mean, it's, it just, it blows me away sometimes when I think about it and people say stuff like, uh, your hero or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just not that. It wasn't a thing mm -hmm. because it was what God had, had placed on my heart to do. Right. And the outcome mm -hmm. is, it just speaks for itself, really. Yeah. It's and, really a miracle. And we have become, this is the coolest part, and we got to thank our families too. My husband, mm -hmm. Carol, documented the entire thing on Facebook as we were going through it. And um, my husband, you know, when I asked him if it would be okay if I donated my kidney, he was like, well, will you be okay afterwards? And I go, I should. Mm -hmm. I mean, odds are in my favor. And he said, well, then go for it. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and then, you know, Terry's family and husband being so supportive of us and of her. And this is the coolest part to me, speaking of the church family, is that there are so many people who have come up to us separately um, and just said, you know, we were praying for you. Oh, you're Nancy? Oh, you're Terry? We've been praying for you. And, and you have no idea what that has meant to both of us. Even Wednesday night, I was at a friend's house, and uh, a lady came up to me, and she said, 
oh, you're Terry. Are you Tansy's mom? <laughs> I said, I am. Who are you? <laughs> and I had a new friend instantly. Yes. So, and she said, I've been praying for you. So our church family, absolutely, God has worked through our church family to lift us up above this whole situation. To, and he has strengthened us through all of you, whether it's been mm-hmm. cards or meals or prayers or just thinking about yeah. us. Uh, visiting, whatever it has, and our family has been there every step of the way. Our church family and then our biological, physical, extended mm-hmm. families have been there, and we are so very grateful for all of you for what yeah. you've done and so very grateful for God for putting that in your hearts to mm-hmm. pray for us and to give us that opportunity to be able to, to bring him that glory. And I just happened to come across a verse this morning that I wanted to share a couple of verses And it really kind of puts this whole thing in perspective. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So to me, that just kind of sums it all up. And I'm just very excited to have not only a spiritual sister, but I have a DNA sister with me now. And so is my sister. She's happy to have another sister, yeah. too. So Actually, I don't have any sisters except Nancy. So and Nancy and Tansy and her. And sister, so. <laughs> Here we go. Anyway, so thank so you thank for letting us share. Thank you, church family, for loving them, praying for them, being a part of their lives. This is Greg Proctor. I've known Greg for many, many years. I think I knew Greg when you were an unbeliever. Yes, you did. And I've watched God transform your life. And I know that we're not there yet, but God has done incredible, incredible things in your life. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that we are to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, we're to be devoted to discipling, we're to be devoted to God's word, and we're to grow through that. And I wanna tell you real, real quick, uh, Greg has been an integral, his his, uh, precious family, Samantha and Mason and Luke and London's with the children this morning, I assume. Um, They've been an integral part of our church family and Greg has served in our youth ministry. He has served as a deacon here in our church. Uh, We love him. Uh, we have seen him grow incredibly in his relationship with the Lord and in his spiritual maturity. And now God has given him an opportunity to go into full-time ministry at Edgewood Children's Ranch. And he's going to be, he and Samantha are going to be mom and dad to a whole bunch of teenagers. And uh, they're going to have a great mom and dad. I want you to share a little bit about your journey here. I gave you seven minutes. I'm going to cut that down to a couple. Gotcha. <laughs> But you have freedom, brother. Yes. We're living in grace. So uh, as, as Dale said, when we, when we first met, I was, uh, I was not a believer. I actually just thought about this. The, um, when we started coming to church here, I, was, uh, I, I had no intent on coming to church. I was married. I, I had, uh, had a, my first son was, was just born at the time. Um, or I'm sorry, no, Luke was just born, and, and Mason was like two. And, 
And Samantha went off one Sunday morning while I was sleeping in, and <clears throat> she came home and she said, I found the church. We're going to start going to church. And I said, what do you mean we're going to church? She said, we're going to church. You may not show up, but we're going to be there. And, uh, and I said, well, how did you find this church? And she said, well, I saw a sign for, uh, I think it was Discovery. Um, or I, I don't remember what the name of it was, but um, it was meeting in the high school. And she said, I thought I would stop in. And so she was actually intending on going to a different church. She said, but when I got out of the car, this man came and met me at the car. And it was my, my buddy, John Malloy, back there. And introduced himself to me in the parking lot. And he walked me right into the church. And she said, I just loved it. And that was kind of the beginning and the change of our family. And, uh, and, and, and if I had to tell you about, we would certainly go past a few minutes, all the different things that this church has been a part of. But I, to me, this church is a family. And I, and I say that because I can remember so many times, you know, when I, when I first gave my life to Christ and coming and crying like an absolute baby. And nobody told me crying was going to be a part of being a Christian or I'm not sure I would have signed up. But man, I cry all the time now. But uh, it's weird. But um, I remember being able to come and, um, and, and, and be surrounded by people and always know that I was at a place where I was welcome and loved and accepted for all of my weirdness, and there's a lot of it. And, um, and I was given opportunities to serve and be a part of stuff and, and, uh, and other men coming around me and, and helping. You know, When I knew I was screwing this whole parenting thing up, I knew I could come and talk to people and you know, John Malloy investing in my children and Domingo investing in my children and them being able to come to Awanas and, and, uh, and we actually moved houses just so we could get closer to the building because we always wanted to be here and, and, then, uh, and then probably my favorite person in the church is, is my man, Arthur, and, and it's probably my best, best friend. And, um, and being led by Arthur and him, you know, pouring into my children and, and just loving us and his whole family. Um, the thing that changed for us, and I guess what I would challenge and leave everyone with, is when our lives changed is when we totally immersed ourselves into the church. And we took it beyond a Sunday experience. And we decided we were going to serve Jesus with all that we had, we were going to come be a part of the church and be a part of this family. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of stuff going on in this church. There are so many different ways to be a part of and to serve. Um, I am not a natural servant, but God is changing that in me. And I got to tell you, I love serving now. Um, I, I just love serving people. And that happened here. That happened being surrounded by people. So um, I love, the, the hardest thing for us to do in leaving is, uh, is leaving this church um, because it's, it's, it's been the greatest memories of our life so far as a family. So. Samantha, why don't you and Luke and Mason come up here real quick if you would. I'm going to ask John Malloy if he would to come as well. And um, I'm, John has invested heavily and Arthur, why don't you come up as well in, in, in the life of this family? And I'm going to ask John if he would come. And John? <laughs> if he would come and uh, just pray over this family as they prepare their hearts for, uh, for ministry.
I think it's important to listen to God in moments like this. And as Greg and his family prepared to make this journey, this is a journey that's not without sacrifice because Greg, to take on this ministry, has to leave his job, has to leave a good paying job and has to change their lifestyle dramatically. And this is not about what he's leaving behind though. It's about what lies ahead. It's not about what they're giving up. It's about what God is gonna do in their life. And when I thought about that, I thought about the great prophet Isaiah. And in his book, God says, and I heard the voice, or Isaiah says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. And God said, go and say to the people. God called and Greg answered and his family answered. God said, whom shall I send? And Greg said, pick me and pick my family. Praise God for that and what an example that is for each and every one of us. Should we live our lives like that? Heavenly Father, you have ordained this ministry, you have ordained for this family to pour their lives into the life of a, a group of young teens who don't even know what they're about to experience. But Father, you know what you have in store. You know that the plans that you have for this family, while there will be tough times, while there will be good times, Father, those times will be centered on you. And Father, when you are at the center of it, it is always, always good. It's not always easy, but Father, it is always good. I thank you for the heart of Greg and Samantha and the family to say, pick me, pick us. We will go love on those children. We will go tell those children about your son, Jesus Christ, and about the gospel. So Father, our prayer, our prayer this morning is that you would, you would continue to equip Greg and Samantha and the entire family, and you would prepare the hearts of the teens that you will place before them, prepare their hearts to hear your message and hear your word. Father, may Greg's life and may Samantha's life live and emulate your love. May it live and emulate the love of your son, Jesus Christ, in a sacrificial way, in a loving way. Father, may this ministry be all about you and about bringing you glory and bringing you honor and about sharing your word with a group of young teens who need to hear it so desperately. And Father, I look forward to one day hearing another testimony from a young man or a young woman whose life has been impacted by, by this surrender. Father, we look forward to that day of hearing somebody say, it was Greg Proctor who met me in the parking lot as I was getting out of the car at Edgewood Children's La Ranch and, and Samantha, and they made me feel so welcome. And then they demonstrated love and then one day, Christ became my savior. Father, we don't know what you have in store, but we thank you for it. We surrender to it, and it's in your son's holy and precious name that we lay this family and their ministry at the foot of your throne. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We have talked about being devoted to the fellowship and both of these testimonies have been about how we are to love one another within the body, uh, how our relationships with one another grow us to a place of, 
of uh, emotional and even physical and spiritual health. And that is very, very important that we be emotionally and physically and spiritually healthy. Why? So we can go outside of these walls and reach people for Jesus Christ. I want you to hear one more testimony this morning. I know that we're running a little late. I know that Pastor Jim is going to have my head for that. But uh, you've got to hear from the Campos family. I want to ask Mauricio and Jennifer if they would come to the platform. Their precious children, Alex and Jordan and Juliana, are on the front row. Y'all stand up so we can welcome y'all too. Mauricio and Jennifer have been a part of our church for about a year now, and they are serving our church family as directors of outreach and missions. And they're about to work us to death um, with all that they have got uh, going on. Uh, they just returned from their family vacation, and listen to this, they took their va family vacation to Columbia so they could serve in an orphanage and so that they could explore opportunities that our church family might have in ministering to the children of Columbia. And I've asked them to share briefly with you a little bit about their experience here at our church for the past year and maybe a little bit of vision for how we can be serving in our community and, uh, and globally as well. Well, good morning. Um, my name is Mauricio and my wife, Jennifer. And we're directors of outreach and missions. And like Greg was saying, I'm, I'm not a, a natural servant because I'm, I'm not good with works. You can say, I mean, I'm like Moses. You can say I'm the Mexican Moses. Right? <laughs> but our ministry, the ministry of the church, outreach and missions, is, is based on two verses of the Bible. 1 John 3.18, that talks about loving with actions. Sometimes you don't have to use words, just your actions will speak tremendous The second verse, this is one of my favorite family verses, Matthew 25, 35. It says, for when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you visited me and you cared for me. So all those are actions in Pastor Dale said, we just came from, from Colombia on a mission trip, family vacation, um, or my kids. And it's important uh, for me as, as, as the head of the family, the first ministry of our home, right, to teach the next generation so they will know the works of God. And, you know, um, a lot of what I call a mission trip is always a collection of, of stories. One of the stories, you know, we were driving... The last day, I was driving, we had to take two cars because I had too many things to carry. And um, I was in a taxi driver, and it, he was a very different driver than the rest because, you know, in, in Latin America, they all cut and go and fast. And, and that this guy was actually letting people through, pedestrians and all that. And I said, you know, wow, that's the first driver that does that. How, how, how does that, you know, why are you different? I said, well, it all starts at home. Right? And that's what I, I wanted to, every Moment that we have, a teachable moment for my kids, is, it all starts at home. But um, in these journeys, my wife is going to talk a little bit about this, is that you think you're helping people, but you're the one blessed. 
just like just like any other. Um, we were actually going to an island. We we, we ended up going only once, and we met another person. They, he wanted us to hire him to carry our stuff. Hey, can I carry your stuff? Can I carry? Say, okay, sure. Good um, time to ministry to this man. So he started talking about, oh, you know, what are these things? So there are donations. So where are they going over there? Oh yeah. So you're like from a church, yeah. You're Christians, yeah. I, I was a Christian for a while, and then I started going to church, and then, but, but I, I stopped. I didn't like it. So why, why didn't you like about it? Well, they told me I can only have one woman. <laughs> but no, after talking to him a little bit more, he actually said, no, the reason I left the church is because um, I, I, I got really sick, and I couldn't work, and I asked for help to my church family, and nobody will help me. Nobody will help me. So see, sometimes our actions is the way that these people know the love of God. And, and that's our ministry, love in action. You will see, like Pastor Dale, in, in the near future, a lot of uh, opportunities to serve in this love in action. I just want to say a few of the things that we have seen here at Avalon. It's been amazing to see the amount of people, the amount of donations, involvement. I know one of the things at Avalon is, use me, Lord, I'm available. And that's what we've seen, people hungry to serve, people wanting to serve. And really, like Pastor Dale said, outside these four walls, it's our mission field. It's not going to another country. It's right here in our community. It's right here in our city. One of the things that we've seen, um, even serving in our city, we serve Monday nights. We go downtown and um, serve right by the Coalition for the Homeless. And one of the reasons why we collect items, we collect donations, is like Pastor Skip says, you know, this can of soup is just the entryway that we show love by giving somebody something, but it's also the way that we share the gospel and we share the love of Jesus. And we let the hurting and the lost know that Jesus loves them no matter what their circumstances are. So Monday night we were down and um, serving right by the coalition. And the story that I want to tell is a story about a man named Gene. And Gene was in a wheelchair. He is homeless, and he's a veteran. And we were there with an entire life group. It was actually Arthur and Jessica's life group. We had a pretty big group with us. But when we met him, the very first thing that we did, we handed him a plate of food, but we prayed with him. And in that moment, God just had, I know in me, compassion just came over me. And we think about compassion. I looked up the word in Latin. The word compassion means suffering with, when we suffer with someone. And that's what came over me. In that moment, I was still... I couldn't think of anything. I couldn't breathe. I just saw this man in the circumstances that he was in. And it was through our church over the next few days, I posted something asking for help. And it was actually our church family. I had somebody respond back. And it's been amazing to see the unity and the amount of people that have gotten involved. Um, Stephanie and Paul have been a huge amount of help um, and involvement in Jean's life. All of a sudden, they went out and they bought a Bible, and we started visiting him. We had Arthur come, and we prayed for him. Um, Renee from the Spanish ministry made him chicken soup, which he loved. And we've been over um, visiting and just praying and directing him toward God. Um, so really, ministry is about doing life together. When we meet people that are hurting, that are lost, that are just completely at their end's rope, where they don't think they're going to make it, that's where we have the opportunity to say, you know what, God loves you. God loves you and he's there for you. How do I know? Because he's done that in my life. So that's what we want to do is we want to share that outside of these walls to the community around us, to the city, and then obviously globally. Um, there's been so many opportunities to serve here, 
And every time that we serve, God always shows up. And one of my favorite things about serving together as a group and as a community is we get to see everyday miracles that God does. Every time God has provision through his people, every time we see healing and restoration, that's God working. And those are miracles that we see through prayer. When we pray for people and we have a group of people praying and we see God answer those prayers, that's what gets me excited. Because we know that God is a living God. God is here. And through Christ, we have all things. We have the, it's the way, the truth, and the life. And that's the message that we want to send to the world. Thank you. Amen. I'm going to ask Arthur and the team if they would come back to the platform. Mm -hmm. Folks, I, I, um, let me just read this to you, Galatians 5. We have freedom in Jesus Christ. We are free. The Bible says, but don't use your freedom for opportunities of the flesh, but through love, use your freedom to serve one another. That's devoted to the fellowship. And it, and it goes on and it says the whole law was fulfilled in one word in this one statement, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I, um, I just want to encourage us. Our relationships with one another are incredibly important to our Savior, to our Master, to our Lord. He calls us to love one another. He calls us to love our neighbor. He even calls us to love our enemy. I want this church to be defined by love. I want it to be defined by the way we love one another and I want it to be defined by the way we love our community. And love is not something that you say. That's the first John 3:18 verse that Mauricio mentioned. It's what you do. Let your love be shown through actions. Galatians 5 and verse 6 says, there's nothing more important than this, that your faith be expressed through love. I look around this room and, and my heart overflows when I think about what God could do through this group of people. This group of people can turn this community upside down for Jesus Christ, this city upside down for Jesus Christ, this nation upside down for Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Acts chapter two that they gathered together 120 people. They preached Jesus and 3,000 people came to know the Lord. I asked you last week, I ask you again today, do you believe that can still happen today? I believe it with everything inside of me. And I look and I see what was it about them that made that come about they were controlled by the Holy Spirit of God that indwelt them. I want to invite you to stand. We're going to worship together and then we're preparing to close our service. I believe that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you specifically this morning and I ask you what you might do with what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you, what he has shown you, what he has called you to. What will you do? with what he has called you to. So Lord, I thank you for this church family. I thank you for their devotion to one another and to you. I thank you, Lord, for what you might do through them. I thank you in advance 
The Bible says that they were in awe of the supernatural and miraculous things that they saw. May that be our experience as we keep our eyes fixed on you, Lord Jesus. Lead us if you would, Arthur. So we were going to do a song, but we're going to do a different song. And no one was ready for this, but we're just going to do the chorus. And then uh, we're going to sing it out because I just feel it's appropriate for this morning that Pastor Jim come right up, okay?